0: You're listening to the Crossroads Grace Podcast, a podcast of Crossroads Grace Community Church. To learn more about our gathering times and ways you can get involved, check out our website at crossroadsgrace.org. Right. Good morning, everybody. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Good to see you guys. Good to see you. Hey, my name is Pastor Brian. I'm the lead pastor here. Really glad that you're here today. Uh, good to be back with you guys. Uh, it was gone for a little bit, just connecting with our family after, after Christmas, but ready to hit the ground running with things. And so if you're joining us online, hi to you. April, thanks for being our chat host today. Super appreciate you. But as I said, back at it, and we have got some really exciting stuff coming up that I'm so excited for you to know about. Because it's a lot of things that's talking about kind of the future, the vision of where we're headed as a church. And so we are going to be having two vision and worship nights ...January 19th and January 26th. And I would love for you to come and join us for one of those... Uh, they'll be at 6.30 p.m. We're going to have child care available for those that are birthed in through third grade. And anybody that's uh, older than that, you're welcome to come in and to uh, enjoy the service with us. It's going to be a great night where we're just casted vision and we're talking about what God's got in store for us. And we're going to be praying. We're going to be worshiping, seeking God's face in it. You will not want to miss that. So I'm asking you to do this. If you would cancel your plans on one of those nights to join us for that, I would love for you to do it. And believe me, it'll be worth your time. You'll be blessed after you're, after you're here. So uh, we're going to continue in our series, our current series, and it's really important to us because we're looking at really the mission of our church, and it's, it's around this idea, and our mission statement is that Crossroads exists to lead everyone to discover Jesus and follow him fully. Now, that's important for you to know because every week I'll say it, and what I'm asking and really want us to do is that we all want us to have at least one person in our life that we're praying for, we're connecting with, we're sharing Jesus with them so that they could discover him, follow him, and lead somebody to do the very same thing. It's the heartbeat of what we do, it's why we do everything we do week in and week out, Uh, and it's why this series, Pray For One, is so important because what we're doing is we're choosing, as we start 2024, to just start off really focusing on our one, like, who is our one? Why are they important? How can we be part of sharing Jesus with, with this world? And, and also to see that it starts through the power of prayer. You, you see, when we pray for one, we are engaging in potentially the most important spiritual aspect of following Jesus. Because what this does is it moves us from a theoretical belief in Jesus into a very practical, hands-on, boots-on-the-ground, risk-it-all type of relationship for him. And, and it's when we do that that Jesus becomes something that we just don't dabble in, but the, actually we make him the entire part of our life. So I, I got to see this firsthand. So I mentioned that we were out of town. Uh, we were actually in Chicago uh, last week or so. My family and I, we went there to, for the wedding of uh, Cherie's cousin, uh, Maggie, and he, she got married to a, a man by the name of Gordon, so we're just praying for those guys. But when we got to Chicago... Instead of just renting a car uh, or using a Turo, we decided to use a Lyft to go from the, the Midway Airport to downtown Chicago to our hotel. And so if you've ever used one of these apps before, you know that, that it'll show you who, like, the, who the Lyft driver is, um, how many kids he has, his social security number, like, his favorite color. Like, it tells you a lot of stuff on there. But I noticed that when we looked at the Lyft, the guy's name was Sharifi. Now that was super interesting to me because my wife is named Sheree, since she's pretty cool. So I thought, add an EFI to that, that's gonna be really awesome. So Sharifi, so I thought, instant in to talk to this guy once we, once we get in there. And, and sure enough, Sharifi comes, super helpful with our bags. He's happy. I hopped in the passenger seat with him. And so I was getting ready to ask him about his his name when I noticed that the radio station was set to a Christian radio station and Matt Marr was on there. And so I was like, okay, okay. And so I'm sitting in the passenger seat. I look over. I'm like, hey, dude, I love your choice of music. And and he kind of like looks at me for a second and he goes, oh, man, I just love Jesus so much, right? He just like, wow. Right, he just went for it. I mean, I'm just like, hey dude, love your music. He's like, boom, here we go, let me tell you about Jesus. And so for the next 30 minutes, no joke, from my ride to Midway to downtown, He was telling me he was from Nigeria, he told me about how he is going to school in the Caribbean, how he met Jesus, why he loves Jesus, what church he originally went to, what church that he goes to now. Spoiler alert, they love Jesus a whole bunch there too. And then he told me how he's applying for a residency program for med school now, and the only reason he wants to become a doctor is so he can join Doctors Without Borders and go across the sea to help people and then share Jesus with them. Right? So Sharifi just like, bah, like, spewed Jesus, Jesus everywhere. Like, the entire car was splattered with Jesus. It was amazing. And, and I guarantee you that anybody that got in the car, they're going to hear about Jesus. Like, a Sharifi going to bring it, you know? Not, not, not in a weird, pushy way or anything like that, but in a way that just comes from the heart of a young man that loves what Jesus has done in his life, and he just wanted as many people as possible to know about it. Now, we got to the hotel. My family and I, we got out. We prayed with Sharifi by the car before we went in and and just he had encouraged us so much. But here's the deal. We already love Jesus. Like we know Jesus. Could you imagine somebody that didn't know Jesus getting in that car and all of a sudden like they open the door and like steam comes out because Sharifi had gone crazy. You know what I mean? Like just, it's amazing. So if I could bottle up with you what it looks like, somebody that looks like, that loves Jesus, I would say Sharifi is one of the guys. But what I really loved about Sharifi is, is something that when you hear me tell you this, you're going to think I put him up to it. I swear to you, you, think, you just said, told him. I did not tell him to say this. When we were in the car and we were talking, he told me, he said, listen, Pastor Brian, I, I every day, before I start, every day, I pray that I have a chance to share Jesus with someone. So, He's praying what we're trying to pray as a church, and that is, Lord, give me one. He's praying for God to give him an opportunity to spread God's love with someone each and every day and then act on that moment. And that is exactly what we are asking us as a church to be praying for to do also. We want to be men and women and children and young adults and teenagers that are bold enough in our faith to say, Lord, give me one. And, and as we learned last week from Pastor Gimpy, I mean, uh, Pastor Dan, <laughs> anyway, right, he had a bad foot, anyway, right, um, he, he was talking about how our one is someone in our life that's far from God. Someone that has yet to discover Jesus and follow him fully with their life. And as we saw last week, he unpacked Luke 15 in the parable that Jesus told us. And he said that Jesus is willing to leave the 99 sheep to go after the one sheep. I'll refresh our memory. Jesus says in Luke 15, he says, suppose one of you has 100 sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? So what Jesus is saying there is that he, he loves us so much that he would leave the 99 that are safe, the ones that know who Jesus is, and he would go after the one lost sheep, the lost one that doesn't know he, who he is. Now what that is, what that should tell you is that is a far cry from the God that is depicted in our culture, isn't it? The God that, that the culture says just wants to take things from you, that's only after your money, doesn't care about you, doesn't really love you. No, what we just read was an, is an image of a different God there. This is an image of a God that actually would come after us and love us to draw us back to himself. Not because he wants to like find us and then shove our face in all the stuff that we had done or grab our ear and yank us back to get back to the fold again. No, he would do that because he loves us and he would do that, check this out, not for the perfect ones, but for the ones that got away. Like you and like me. And, and, and we have to remember this as Christians. Those, those are people that follow Jesus. Can I just remind us that at one point, we all were lost sheep that were far from God too? I, I think that's really important, guys, that even though I am a Christian, I still need Jesus every day. And, and what that means is really this, that we can never forget how lost we were or we'll, be, we'll lose sight of the lost. Re- read that again for yourself. That we should never get comfortable, so comfortable with the amazing grace of Jesus that we arrogantly use it as a step stool to gain the high moral ground over somebody else and look down on them. Because the second that we do that, we become very religious and callous towards the ones that are far from God. We, We should always have a very healthy awareness of what we were saved from with an anticipation of what's to come, yes but all for the reason for us to share all of that story with those that are far from God. We do that so that we can invite other people into that relationship and that saving love with Jesus. And we begin this journey towards this, growing this closer relationship with Jesus by telling others about him through prayer. A simple but yet powerful prayer that just says, Lord, give me one. Now, there, there might not be a more misunderstood, intimidating, overcomplicated spiritual practice than prayer in our world, because some people, you might even think this, that, man, that's just creepy, that's weird, you know, people talking to themselves, what's that all about, or prayer is just reserved for when I'm, I'm in, the, in trouble, I in. I need a test that I'm getting ready to take, or I gotta get up a parking ticket, or, or others might look at it as this lock that you pick, and then once you pick that lock... All of a sudden you get, uh, you get health and wealth and, and, and popularity and hair and like all these things just start to come with, with what you get. And, and so other people, man, we'll just, we'll complicate it to the point where we'll disqualify ourselves from ever using it because we're not mature enough or we're unworthy to do it. But I'll just tell you, prayer is far less complicated than our minds will tell us. But, but it's also kind of sim- similar to the f- sense of, like, you know, the, 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 the telephone game. You ever play the telephone game? Remember these, right? Back in the day, right? Right? Come here. Be my, be my Michigan. Congratulations on the win. Uh, right there. Right? So, so he gets one, and I get one. You pull it really tight. You can't walk away from me. Yeah, you're right there. Right? Pull it tight. And yank me off the stage, bro. Right? right? you right? Just pull it tight. And I talk in one, and he's listening the other end. And then he'll talk, and I'll listen. Right? That can game, you know? And, and in order to do that, there's a two-way street, you know? Right? I hope Harbaugh stays, I really do. Okay, thanks so much, all right? Um, but uh, you clap for the Wolverine fan. All right, that's good, you got claps, congratulations. Right, But, but prayer is, is it's not really, it's, it's more than this, but it's not like, we, we can also use this as an example right, to, to hold it, because our connection with God is not this muffled voice, like, God, are you there? And we just like, you know? It's more than that, but, but prayer is powerful. Prayer is where our relationship with God grows in profound ways. It doesn't mean that we're gonna get everything that we want, okay? You know, prayer's not like a genie in a bottle where everything pops out and we get what we want. But through prayer, do you know that we receive exactly what God wants us to receive in that moment? Like, that, that's what we're asking for. But, but there is a part of prayer that we don't consider sometimes. And, and this is what we sometimes forget, is that prayer is the way that we deepen our relationship and our trust with God. In other words, prayer is a key component to discipleship. Now, what is discipleship? Discipleship is what, we should natu- what should naturally happen after we discover who Jesus is and then decide to make him the Lord and Savior of our life. It's the, it's the follow part of our mission statement. Remember, we discover Jesus, and then we follow him fully with our life. So it's that discipleship or becoming more like Christ in all areas of our life that is so important for us to continue to grow in each and every day. Because we can't forget something, that when Jesus gave us, it's called the Great Commission. In other words, he's commissioning us as Christians to go do these things. There's actually, it's a two-way expectation that's interwoven within it, that sometimes you might miss. Because in Matthew 28, Jesus tells us the Great Commission. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is our commission. This is an invitation to discipleship, to both those that are far from God and those that are followers of God. Let let, let me show you what I mean. When he says, therefore, go, who he's speaking to is the 99, right? The people that know who God is. And then when he says, make disciples, who's he speaking to? He's speaking actually about the one. So it's this idea of the one and the 99, but you should know that once the one is back in the fold, like once you become a follower of Jesus, you should know that you're just, it's not you're done. In fact, you're just beginning. You and I, we will never arrive at the discipleship destination. It means that we are, we are constantly in the process of becoming more like Jesus. And woven into this pursuit of discipleship is prayer. Prayer for ourselves, yes, but also prayer for our one. A disciple of Jesus should desire to be all in. All everything they can like Jesus in every way possible. And the way that we learn how to do that is, one, we learn that through studying our Bible. It's so important that you're doing that. If you, haven't, if you don't have a Bible, we have some in the back for you. Make sure you're studying. It's great. It's important to be in community, in groups. So it, we also have growth groups that are signing up right now. We'd love for you to consider being a growth group. It, you can find it on the app or one in, in, the, in the lobby. They'll help you with that. But get into community as, as part of with other believers. That's a way to become a disciple. But also we learn how to do it through prayer. And we know that that's true because Jesus demonstrated that prayer was important in his own life. We read all kinds of different scriptures about it. Luke chapter 3, we find it says, When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was open. Matthew 14, after he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Luke 6, one of, the days, one of those days Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. Mark 1, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Luke 5, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So, so what all that should tell us is that Jesus had a habit of praying, but he also had a, pray, a habit of praying for those that are far from God, for those that are, that are the ones in the world. Because in some of Jesus' last words on this earth, as he was getting ready to go to the cross, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. And as he was walking into that garden, he had a prayer that he was giving to his disciples, but yet also to the ones that would be impacted by him. In John 17, some of my favorite words, he says, my prayer is not for them alone. That's the 99, that's the disciples. But I also pray for those who will believe in me through their message, there's the ones, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So as Jesus also is being crucified on the cross, barely hanging on to life, he has enough wherewithal to be able to look down to the ones that were murdering him and say this in Luke chapter 23. Jesus would say, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. So even Jesus saw prayer as vital to impacting ones that are far from him. He knew the power of prayer. But what I also find so interesting and encouraging to me about Jesus is that he also taught us how to do it. He didn't like leave it for chance. He's not like, hey, you should pray to me. Yeah, figure it out on your own. No, no, no. He wanted to make sure we were successful in it so that we would want to pray. And he wants us to pray because he knows that if we do that, we will become a further follower of his, a disciple in every possible way. And, and, and here's why. Here, here's the reason this is important. Following Jesus fully requires prayer. Listen, there is no way that you can follow Jesus. Say that you follow Jesus fully and not have, have prayer be a huge part of your life. This doesn't have to be perfect, but it has to be part of your life because prayer is one of, if not the biggest connection that we have to God. At, at the very least, what we saw is that if prayer is important to Jesus and we're following Jesus, then we should do things like Jesus did. And, and this isn't like, like a something we do every now and again type of thing? Paul would say in First Thessalonians, he'd say we should pray unceasingly. We should pray continually. Now, I know it's hard to kind of visualize how do you do that. In my mind, this is how it works. Like when you wake up, instead of getting your phone or checking your text or something, you just say, good morning, God. Right, you just start the prayer off that way, and then you go about your day, and you do your thing, and you're coming back around, and then you get back at night, and you're super tired, and you're like, hey, God, it's been a long day. Thanks for the conversation. Good night, we'll see you in the morning. Right, and then... Right? That's, that's how it works. Like continually, as, as we are praying, and as we pray, you know what we pray for? Pray for our one. Lord, give me one. Give me one person to share your love with today, and give me the boldness to talk to them about you. Lord, just give me one. It's asking to have the same heart as God, and, and this simple prayer helps us to stay focused on what our mission was that great commission mission. And, and as we do this, we see this culminate, this idea of Jesus in prayer. It culminates in the example prayer that he gave us, a, a template, if you will. In the beginning of Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, Jesus would say this. He would say, this then is how you should pray. Now, I want to point out something very important. Words matter. They have meaning. So the fact that Jesus says how and not what is very valuable So what Jesus is saying is what happens after this, this prayer I'm about to give you, is not what you should pray every time. It's not the exact prayer that you should pray. He's not saying only pray this prayer. It's not a spiritual incantation. It, It is a guide on how to pray. And so as we look closely at this, it's gonna give us insight into how we pray for ourselves, but also for those that are around us. Now, you might know it as a different prayer, but it's called the Lord's Prayer, the Lord's Prayer. And so in order for us to all be on the same page, we're we're gonna do something. We're gonna gonna recite the Lord's Prayer together. Don't worry, you don't have to memorize. It'll be up on the screen. But we're gonna go old school. We're going KJV with this today, King James Version today. So let's just say the Lord's Prayer out loud together. Here we go. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen. Now, you might have said that prayer a million times in your life. Maybe it was at mass, maybe it was at a funeral, maybe it was at some sort of event that you were at, but I think it is really important to chew on what Jesus actually says here, and it's super helpful to us, and it's very powerful, because in this prayer is found a way in which you can pray for yourselves and others, but it's also a way to filter our requests to God so that it gets to him in the right way. So, so let's look at this. Let's look at the power of what Jesus says here for a moment as, as what we look at what he's, what he's saying. So what Jesus is asking us to pray. So the first thing that he tells us, he says, our Father in heaven. Now, stop. Four words in. Don't rush past it, okay? Those four words are super powerful, super important because they orientate ourselves properly right off the bat. They create a spiritual posture of our hearts that's so important because the first thing he says is our, so what does that mean? Again, words matter, so our means this is personal. This isn't disconnected. Jesus just doesn't say your father or my father or distant father or Luke, I am your father. Like he doesn't say that. No, no, what does he say? He says our father, but now you probably read this a bunch of times, you're super smarter than I. I totally get that, but something hit me when I was reading this just this week that just kind of blew me away. I want you to think about this. Who was saying these words? It was Jesus. So Jesus is saying, our Father. That even though it is his Father, he's saying, hey, his Father can be our Father if we draw close to him. That's powerful to think about. That the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who is connected to the Father is actually saying, no, no, it's not mine, it's our Father. And he says Father even. Now, Father can be in a term of endearment for sure, but in this case, he's actually specifically describing God in his rightful place in the Trinity, meaning Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's, he's reminding us of who we're speaking to so that we come in reverence and respect in our time of prayer. We're speaking to the Father. It forces us to see God for his power and his might, not as our homeboy, you know? So it's our Father, but where is he at? He makes specific to say, in heaven. You haven't been to heaven? I haven't been to heaven? So it's a way of turning our eyes to things that are unseen, to remember that Faith is a part of this relationship we have with God, that as the writer of Hebrews would say, that faith is is actually confidence in what we cannot see. And and so as Jesus tells us, hey, pray for, for our God or our Father who is in heaven, we're reminding that we need to place our faith in something that's greater than ourselves in that moment. Four words in, and we're already just unpacking some powerful things. Jesus goes on, though, to continue. He says, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So after we have our eyes fixed the right way, if we have an understanding of the relevance of this moment, then Jesus does something very intentional. The first thing that's out of his mouth, and I would argue the first thing that should be out of our mouth, is that we should pray and ultimately pray what we should be focused on. What's the most important? Because he says what? He says, it's, it's your name, God. It is your kingdom. It is your will. What is he telling us? He said praying should first be focused upwards before it's inwards. Prayer should be upwards before it's inwards. That, that we should want to make sure we know what we're doing because he says it's his hallowed name. Hallowed means separate, set apart, holy. God's name should be separate, holy, set apart. It, it's, it's your kingdom, God. It is, it's your kingdom, meaning. That this kingdom we live in, our life, is a temporary kingdom. The kingdom of God is eternal and it is real. He, he also says it should be your will, Father. It should be your will. That ultimately what we would want, that our will would align with his will instead of asking his will to align with our will. So, so, so Jesus is saying that when you pray, start with the right perspective that's focused on what God wants. Can I I just say something for a minute for us here for a second? What I just said there is really, really hard. I mean, you're you're like, man, it's probably pretty easy to stand up there, Baldy, telling you all this stuff, you know, and like easy for you to say, right? But doing it, it's really hard, isn't it? It's a totally different thing. I'll just tell you right now, I'm in a season of intense prayer. There are so many things happening in my personal life right now. I just was praying right before I came up about something happening in my life right now. There's stuff in my personal life. There's stuff in our church's life. I just feel that I'm just like, God, it's me again. Yeah, I'm just, woof. okay, here we go. We're just praying, right? It's like nonstop. But, but can, I, can I just tell you something? It is so easy for me to jump ahead in my prayers and make sure that God knows that, it's, that, that God knows Brian's name, Brian's kingdom, Brian's will. Why? Because frankly, that's what I care about. It's what I want. And I'll struggle to sit back and listen for what God wants to give me from his name, for his will, for his kingdom. Because when I listen to that, do you know that God usually will tell me things that are really, really hard to do because he's calling me to do something that's in line with his will and it's hard, which is why I'll catch myself rushing past the whole refocusing on God thing so I could focus on myself. And listen carefully to me, okay? I caught myself doing it this week. While I'm writing a message on prayer, I screwed it up, okay? That's how jacked up I am, right? I can't even keep it on the rails for a week while I'm writing a sermon on prayer. But, but here's the deal, connecting with God effectively is found through praying properly. We have to start by making sure our focus is on him before we move towards our needs, our wants, our requests. Prayer, prayer Having the proper prayer focus, proper prayer perspective it understands that our heart is in the right posture before we ask for what we want or what we need which is why only after Jesus talks about these eternal perspectives that he goes on to say this, give us today our daily bread. Do you realize that Jesus only dedicates one sentence, six words for the stuff that we want in, our, in his prayer? It, it's the only request, right, the only give that we ask of God, give me this, and it's, and it's honestly, it's only for the things that we need in our moment, it's for our what, our daily bread. Now, why would we only pray for our daily bread? Because you know what? Tomorrow's bread isn't promised. But we, we don't know what is promised, right? We live in a life that is so short, so fragile, sometimes long-term bread plans seem a little frivolous. It's just this week, a family in our church, a dear family in our church, lost, their, lost a father and a husband to a, just, just like that, just in the middle of the night. And so they understand the fragility of life and why a prayer for more than daily bread just sometimes seems a little nuts. But I'll tell you what, God does want to hear what's on your hearts and minds. I don't want you to get the wrong perspective like God doesn't want to hear what I have to say or just give him the bare minimum. No, 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 of course not. He wants to know all of our hopes, our dreams, our goals, our hurts, our pains, our wants, our needs, and anything else that you have. It's just that he wants us to hold those things with eternal perspective in mind as we do it. And the reason he wants that is so we don't get disappointed or discouraged if he answers us differently than what we want in the moment. Ultimately, what he wants us to do is say, God, I trust your plan more than my plan. This is what I want, what I feel like I need, but I trust you more than I trust myself. Because what Jesus knows is that there are greater things at stake than what this world is trying to tell you or what's weighing you down or it tells you that you should be concerned about. Which is why he then draws our attention away from our daily bread, and then he goes back to eternal realities. And, and to do that, I'll, I'll read the rest of the Lord's Prayer to you, but there are two verses that sometimes we don't read in correlation with this that are super impactful and, and immensely powerful. So if you read in Matthew chapter 6, it says, And forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Here's the next part. For if you forgive others when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. I, I love this because Jesus. Just, I'm a nerd, but do you know that Jesus spent almost ten times the amount of words praying about eternal things over earthly things? Ten times the amount of words he, he speaks about these pretty important things like forgiveness. He says, we should forgive like we were forgiven, that the grace that Jesus gave us, we should give other people. He he talks about our debts. Now, what are our debts? Those are things that we have done, sinful things that we have done, or things that were done against us. He Talks about temptation. Those are those sneaky things that try to entice us to move away from God instead of drawing closer to God. And he even gets very specific. He says, hey, we gotta pray about this evil one. Who's that? Satan, the one that wants to kill, steal, and destroy your life. Anybody that would dare try to come towards God, try to... Deflect that. Guys, that, that's, that's what he's, he's praying about. But, and, and I'll just say this. So Bible over there, Pastor B, over here, okay? These are my thoughts. But it almost seems as though Jesus might be saying we should spend 10 times the amount of time on our spiritual needs than on our physical needs. He uses 10 times the amount of words over those six words that he uses for our physical needs. I don't know, maybe he's saying something. Maybe he's saying that if we wanna be his disciple, and that we want to follow him fully with our life, then maybe we should hold earthly things loosely and grab tightly to the eternal things. And the the only way we can do that is through prayer. To have a proper perspective of this life compared to the next. On the eternal versus the, the temporary. The proper perspective on what truly matters in the end of this life. And it's this perspective that's so important for us to consider when we pray as a disciple, but yet also how we start to pray for the ones that's so important. Because here's the deal. If we can grasp the Lord's Prayer this way, then we can start to understand the passion in Paul's words that he would say in Ephesians chapter 1. These powerful words. He says, Paul would say, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. He says when the eyes of our heart are enlightened to who Jesus is, what he's done for us, what he gave up for us, we should should be like Sharifi, that we can't help but tell the world. And that happens one bold prayer at a time, one person at a time that the eyes of our heart would be open when we pray, Lord, give me one. But, but it's important to know that this way of following Jesus and, and being a, a fully devoted disciple, it's not recommended reading. It's not like if you get around to it. It's not like when you buy a car and you get those added features like tinted windows and reindeer antlers on there. It's not like that. Following Jesus fully is not the exception to the rule, it's the rule. It's an expectation of us when we follow Jesus. So as as my friend and author Pastor Bo Chansey would say, he would say there is no justification for fruitless living. Either you're making disciples or you're not. Either you're living for Jesus or you're not. Either Jesus is Lord or, or you're lost. So the heartbeat of praying for your one comes from a deep desire to want to follow Jesus and to have your heart beat like his. And that starts by praying for for opportunities to see people like he sees and then to speak about his love to other people. Which is why I truly believe that this is true, that prayer is the heartbeat of being a disciple of Jesus. You want to follow Jesus? Learn to pray. And You might be like me. You're probably saying like, okay, great. How do you do it? (laughs) Like seriously, how do we do it? Well, well, let me just start by telling you this, okay? How, how do you pray for one? Start with this. You don't have to use big words or, or eloquent speech for crying out loud. Do you, I look like somebody that has eloquent speech or big words? Come on, right? No way. No, prayer is as simple as just having a conversation with somebody, but on the other line, it is God. It's a chance to talk with God. And He's not looking for polished words, He's looking for the right heart posture. And here's something I also want you to really remember, okay? If you get nothing else, remember this. Do you know that he'll never leave that can? We, we might. We might step away from it and all that stuff. But I guarantee you, when you call on the Lord, he will answer. He is on that other side of the can. He will not leave you nor forsake you. He might not answer you the way that you want, but he will hear you. He, he always wants to hear you because he loves you. So he's saying, listen, Come. He says, come to me, all you who are burdened and weary, I will give you rest. He's an invitation to prayer. Come to God. Come to him with all of your honest heart things that's going on. Come to him, speak normal. You don't have to have big words, just the right heart. Come to him and simply pray for what is on your heart. But would you come and as you pray to him, would you also pray for your one? He's saying, pray for those that are far from God. So, so we wanna help you do that today. I want to help all of our church to be able to do that today and give you a heart posture for prayer. So uh, when you leave here today, every adult that's here today, uh, we're going to give you a kneeler, a pray for one kneeler. And what that kneeler is intended for you to do is to to pray, to kneel and pray, have that posture of prayer. And the verse that we've chosen to kind of frame this is Ephesians 6.18. Ephesians 6.18 says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So that's, that's the prayer that we want you to think about, that verse to think about. Now, these are special kneelers, okay? So not only are we wanting you to pray for your one, but we also are gonna need you to add a one to your kneeler because Ephesians 6.18 is what we want, and it says Ephesians 6.8. So you're gonna have to add your one right in front of that eight so that it all makes, it's all about the one, all right? It's all like it, it's like we planned it, but we didn't. So, um, so, yeah, just add that one in there so you get the right. Now, 6 eight's not a bad verse, but six eighteen spot on. Right? So, so we want you to have one of these. One per adult as you leave. But honestly, this week, I want you to get on your knees. And I want you to, at the very least, be praying for your one. So together, we're going to pray this today. I want you to say it out loud with me one more time. Our first prayer, if you will. Here we go. One, two, three. Lord, give me one. There you go. And this week, I also want to challenge you. Maybe you need to memorize the Lord's Prayer. Make that part of your spiritual habit. But the other thing I want you to do is I want you to pray for your one on your knees this week. And then the final thing is I want you to invite your one to church next week. Some of them may say no, but some might say yes. So so be praying for them. Pray for your one, these kneelers. And as you pray this week on your knees with your kneeler, maybe you can use the Lord's Prayer as your guide and so as I close today, I'm just gonna give you an example of that and as we prepare our hearts for communion to realize why we can pray to God and have him hear us is because of Jesus because he died on the cross and he's the connection for us between God and that he is He loves us so much that we can do that. But I'm gonna use the Lord's prayer as a way for you to pray for your one, perhaps. And then we're gonna worship. We're gonna have ask God to open the eyes of our heart just like it says in Ephesians chapter one, but for us to connect with God in a deep way this week to trust him. Pray for our one. Let me pray for us. Our Father in heaven, we pray for our one that they would realize that your name is holy, hallowed, set apart. We pray that they would realize that the kingdom that they are running after, this temporary kingdom in this world, is nothing compared to your kingdom. And we pray that they would ultimately want your will in their life, not their own. Because our will will lead us to destruction, but your will will lead us to everlasting life. We pray, Father, that as they they receive their daily bread, that they are sustained each and every day, would you give them the realization that it's only by your hand that they are able to have that bread, that sustenance, that provision, and that they would give glory to you and turn to you in faith. Would you remind us, Father, that we were forgiven by you, that you forgave us our trespasses, the things that we have done, the debts that we have done. Would you remind us that we were forgiven? And might, we, might our ones realize that their trespasses and their debts can be forgiven by you as well, but only through you. And may they stop being led into temptation, but may they stop in their tracks and realize there's a way out, and that's through you, Jesus. May we realize that it is by your power and your glory forever and ever that this this life both now and forever matters. And may they cling to you and receive forgiveness from you. May we be forgiven and may we forgive others just as you have called us to do. May we know your heart. May you open our eyes and may we see them as who they are. May we pray for them. Help us to never forget that we two were ones at one point. But because of your grace and your mercy, we can be set free. We love you. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Just stand to your feet. Let's worship together.
1: Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart.
0: And so as we look to this time of communion, it's a reminder each and every week of why we can have that direct connection with God. It's because of Jesus. And so we trust that because Jesus died on the cross for our sins, we now have a connection back with God because of him, not because of anything we did, only because of what he did for us. And so that prayer that he guided us through is truly a prayer of, of reconnection with God. And this time of communion is to remember and to have reverence for Jesus that we have that same time with him. So this bread reminds us that the bread of life, Jesus Christ, his body was broken for you and for me on the cross. We take and eat in remembrance of him now. And this juice reminds us of the shed blood of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins that we take and drink in remembrance of Jesus now. Now before I pray and before you take off, just as a reminder, We wanna give you a kneeler if you're an adult here today. If you're young, you got good knees, you'll be fine. But with the adults, we wanna make sure that you've got one of these and use them this week. I know there's a lot, I look around this room, there's a lot of people that need prayer. So keep praying for each other. And then also, would you do this for me? Would you clear your schedules for the 19th or 26th? Be a part of that vision and worship night with us. I'd be honored to have you as a guest there. We'd love to have you there. But also pray for your one this week. Make it part of your, your daily routine as we pray. Heavenly Father, we lift our ones up to you, we lift ourselves up to you, and we ask that you would bless them both. Be with us as we leave here. May we, light, may we be light in a dark world, and may we see you, and may our heads be high and lifted up as we shine in your glory. We trust you and we love you. It's in your name we pray, amen. God bless you guys. Tag, your are it. Thank you for joining us this week on the Crossroads Grace podcast. If you enjoyed this message, please rate us and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening from. If you are interested in getting involved in our community or want to find out more information, visit us online
1: at crossroadsgrace.org. Thank you for listening to the Crossroads Grace podcast.